This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after Arsenal's 4-0 win in the Champions League against PSV. A fantastic performance overall in which it left the Dutch side absolutely helpless in their own ambitions for the group. So much so that I've got some stuff to talk about in a little bit uh, regarding post-match. But thank you to everybody that's tuning in and is joining us this morning. It is very much appreciated. Thank you for doing so. If you could drop a like, that would also mean the world. And if you are new to the channel, then please subscribe as well. And uh, join us every morning at 8am when we do shows every single week. Oh, no. I've, that's in my rush. I've not, I've not turned the light on. Hold on. There we go. Lighting up the Emirates last night was Arsenal, though. And uh, let's say good morning to people joining us in the chat box. Uh, good morning to Tony, to Ray, to PW, to Badman Tinji. Uh, we've got Tom, we've got Grantley Poos, we've got Dara, we've got creator Ashley Siri, uh, Phil, Dara, uh, Kevin, John, Paul, Blackshine, Jaros, uh, Anz, Daniel, Ethan, Steve, Epidemic, uh, Peter, Dipak, and plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. Uh, let's just do a quick YouTube check to see if I haven't missed anyone who managed to get in there first. Glenn, Marcus, Errol, Peeny Wing, Colin. Uh, good morning to you guys as well. Thank you, everyone, for indeed uh, making this a part of what is hopefully going to be your daily uh, dose of Arsenal uh, every single day. Let's uh, let's crack on with today's story, shall we? Let's run through the uh, the events of last night as Arsenal returned to UEFA's elite European competition. Arsenal 4, PSV 0. A game of brilliant football, but with plenty of talking points indeed. Um, certainly, we saw some fantastic football, um, some brilliant, confident play. It was not a result of a team that you felt had been out of the competition for so long. There's reasons for the comp- for the performance, I think, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But to focus on the positives, uh, it's the first time that Arsenal have won 4-0 uh, 
um, in a European competition since, I think, 2021. Arsenal have played 59 matches in Europa League football. They only managed to win by four or more goals on three occasions. Uh, that last game was against Slavia Prague in 2021. Uh, we beat Standard Liège 4-0 in 1920. And we beat Barté Borisov in 2017, 18-6-0. That was that uh, result in that game. So it's uh, it's been quickly uh, resumed, the dominance that you get in uh, in a European game. I think Arsenal's strength in their 11. Uh, we didn't see too many changes. Only two changes, in fact, from that win over Everton, Havertz coming in for Fabio Vieira, Gabriel Jesus coming in for Eddie Nketiah. And that result obviously meant that Arsenal and Arteta in particular was able to rotate players out through the game. So Jesus, Saka, Trossard all came off. That's the front three, all saved, all rested ahead of Sunday's Inchenko, also brought off for Tommy Yasu. Um, and not only that, but we saw who was the last one that came off? Um, Trying to think of the other one that came. Oh, it would have been Declan Rice for Jorginho, wouldn't it? So yes, we managed to rest plenty of our first um, of our first uh, eleven during this game, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, moving forwards, and to talk about the the key selection again um, before the game, which was David Raya starting again and playing very well, looked very confident, very composed, very calm collected shots, saved shots, collected crosses. Distribution was confident. Building up that relationship with the starting 11. There was loads to be really admirable. No, I think there was loads to admire, uh, is the best way to put it, about what Raya's performance was. Spoke to him after the game. You're going to be able to read some of those quotes uh, a little bit later on today. But he's a confident guy. Um, And I think that Arsenal may be have needed a little bit more confidence in there. I know that one of the things that we've talked about with Ramsdale is that sometimes he can be, you know, sometimes can can lose focus, I guess. And we've seen um, some issues in moments of a lack of calmness maybe that we've wanted. But I still rate Aaron Ramsdale incredibly highly. And yet, and yet we find ourselves in this situation where now Arsenal have two absolutely top goalkeepers um, but statistically, and looking at all of the metrics from last season, Raya was the better of the two. I called Ramsdale world class, and I stand by that assessment. But Raya is, you know, if if I'm calling Ramsdale world class, there's not much I can do other than, you know, also say that we've got a world class keeper on our hands as well in Raya. And I think we still need to be more in terms of seeing whether or not he's going to be tested in more difficult situations um, and with more tricky opponents and with more difficult shots and things like that. All I would say is, is thank God we didn't buy Andrea Nana. <laughs> it could be a lot worse, <laughs> a lot, lot worse. In fact, I make that's underselling how good our keepers are. Um, but yeah, goodness me, uh, how much better was it uh, not to have to have uh, a guy that's kind of punching balls into his own net at this stage in goal for Arsenal. Uh, I think Bakaya Saka's early goal was obviously the perfect way to, to start things. It settled the nerves if there even was any nerves, which I don't think, to be honest, there were. But maybe like in the crowd, I think there's obviously an expectation. You return to the Champions League. You want to see a brilliant performance put on by the players. And we saw that with, with last night's display. But Saka's goal kind of settled things and got 
the momentum and the emotion of the crowd going. There's always something I feel about an Arsenal crowd at the moment is that if we go into like a game at half time and it's still nil-nil or we're drawing with another scoreline or even if we're losing, you know, there's this real panic that sets in ever so quickly amongst Arsenal fans. So getting an early goal is so um, important, I feel, for the Arsenal fans in particular because it does settle us. Um, and it really does uh, create a situation whereby we can just kind of enjoy things and you can start to ride the wave of, of momentum. Uh, Marcus says, how was the atmosphere? Even the commentator said how good it was. Yeah, like pre-match. It, I've seen, obviously, pre-match atmospheres before North London derbies, before playing Manchester United earlier this season, before playing Chelsea, before playing Manchester Cities, the, these types of teams. The atmospheres can be absolutely incredible. Don't get me wrong. Um, but what I would say is that it was it was kind of a, a I don't know what the right word is it was just it was almost emotional because when the music was playing for the Champions League anthem I don't know if it came across on the TV but when they first played the anthem at the start the Arsenal fans sung the champions but it's like the champion <laughs> like everyone was doing that around me and it was just brilliant to see kind of everybody so enjoying the fact that we were back in the competition soon as the anthem started playing. The uh, everyone was applauding. Like you compare that to Man City, who <laughs> just boo the anthem every time that it's played. You know, Arsenal Arsenal's fans were were really really good last night. Uh, and credit to Peter, who is obviously uh, the the uh, the stadium management of the. He's the DJ playing Chase the Sun at full time. Got to give credit to that man. So, Peter, well done, mate, for that one. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Jesus and Trossard getting, obviously, the second or the thirds and second goal uh, during the game. I loved that the scorers turned creators. So, for the second goal, uh, it was obviously, I think, Saka that played the ball across to Trossard. Fantastic finish. And then for the third goal, it was Trossard that played the ball across to Jesus. Um, to, to strike what was just as safe and true as you've ever seen uh, a strike from from a player. Jesus's touch and then the arrow that was that shot that gave Benitez absolutely no chance whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, and Trossard's finish, it's just so composed. Like the, the little finish into the bottom right-hand corner, so infinitesimally small, the little gap that he's got to fit that in so they can beat Benitez. And it's a first-time shot, so controlled. Trossard is very different to Martinelli. You know, he's not the rapid dart to the touchline and cut the ball back. He's got so much more variety than, than Martinelli does. Martinelli's still young. You know, he's still going to learn plenty about his game, is Martinelli. But Trossard's kind of got this um, air of unpredictability about him. He can go left, he can go right, he'll cross, he'll shoot, he'll be little little like little dinks between players. Um, he can do what he did at Everton with his left foot. You know, it's just such variety about what Trossard brings. It's a fantastic signing. It's a brilliant piece of business by Arsenal to get in for as little as they did. 21 million quid up front, 20 million quid up front, 7 million pounds in add-ons. And with the way that things are going, we are going to pay that full 27 million pounds in the end because he's doing just so well since coming into the club. And, you know, yeah, we have got, got, got to see um, everything that he is capable of achieving um, as, as a player. Because now, you know, in his late 20s, we're at his peak and we got to see even more. I want to see more from Trossard. And he's probably going to start the game against Spurs on Sunday. And my goodness, are they in for a bit of a trouble on that left-hand side? Are Spurs in for a bit of trouble? Well, we'll talk about that in a bit, actually. Odegaard, meanwhile, was just about perfect. 
um people have the cheek sometimes to say that he's not world class or that i say he's world class and i get people leaving crying laughing emojis into chat boxes and things like this how ignorant can you be how stubborn can anybody be to not say that martin Odegaard is a world-class footballer his ability on the ball the way in which he takes players on the way in which he passes the ball into those wide areas he just strokes it into these positions that like if you're playing a video game and that's always the best compliment i feel to a, a player because Video games of football give you full control, basically, over your team, nearly full control. And wherever you just kind of aim the ball, it goes, and you can pass it wherever you want. And like you've got this bird's-eye view of the pitch. It's almost like Odegaard's controlling himself in a video game, and he can just see everything around him, whether it's behind him, whether it's on like a fair few players between him and his target for his pass. It's just so good. It's just incredibly... Brilliant. And and you've got to give credit to Mikel Arteta as well, because for me, you look at what a performance like that and you think Arteta is is maximizing the potential of the games, uh, of, of the players, sorry, that he has at his disposal. He has taken Odegaard from a player that had so much potential at Real Madrid and on loan with Real Sociedad, and he has created, with Odegaard's talent, a world-class player in him. Bakaya Saka has become world-class under Mikel Arteta. Leandro Trossard, right, I didn't ever look at him and think, this guy could be a world-class player. But there's very little to stop Trossard entering that bracket if he continues on the trajectory that he's got. Gabriel Jesus, I didn't think necessarily was a nailed-on world-class player when he was at Man City because of the opportunities that he got. There was talent there, the potential to be world-class was there. But I feel like he's taken his game up in the last season and a bit, even with the injuries that he's had. And you've seen him unleash his own talents to become a world-class player. I maintained when we signed Declan Rice, he was already world-class. But what we've seen from Declan Rice as well has just been even more ability. He's taken his game to another level. He's credited Arteta with that improvement. You've just got to say that in terms of individual player improvements, Mikel Arteta is up there with the best coach in the world at doing that and unlocking player potential. But Odegaard last night, just to go back to him, because I've gone off on too much of a tangent here, but Odegaard was just about perfect. Uh, I was sitting next to Simon Collins on the evening standards and <laughs> I think it was in like the 85th minute and Odegaard just kind of sprayed this pass out to Nelson. And we looked at each other at the same time and he just went, Odegaard's been bloody brilliant. <laughs> just so good. Like, so fantastic. Um, great guy as well. So glad that finally we got this song. Love that it's Chase the Sun as well because Chase the Sun's one of the best anthems for me out there and there's some brand new drum and bass uh remixes of it that have come out in the last year as well which make it even more enjoyable um if you've not checked out um coven's remix uh of it please make sure you do because it's fantastic but uh yeah amazing amazing now i do want to talk about one thing which is uh i did feel and i felt like it would be doing a disservice to the analysis of the game if i didn't talk about the way PSV approached this match. And there's a reason why Arsenal won 4-0 and there's a reason why Arsenal have not won 4-0 in games so far this season. And Peter Bosch's uh, approach to this game was to basically attack Arsenal and to just be brave 
and in show courage. I think that's the word he used. Let me find the quote he said before the game. It says, the most important thing is that we show courage. We are playing against a very good opponent, but we have to dare and want to play football ourselves. Just, just no, Peter. Like <laughs> That is not how you are going to get any joy against Arsenal. If you want to try and play football against Arsenal, you need to be spotless. You need to be defensively rigid and you need to be absolutely perfect in what you aim to do. You have to press high. You have to win the ball high up the pitch. You have to limit the spaces to give Arsenal. I'm not trying to give Spurs tips, but they 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 basically gifted Arsenal this win in some ways by the way in which they approach things. They had so much space allowed to Arsenal. They just cut through them like a knife through butter. If I had the little, uh, if I had Mike from the Gunapods, a little bell, I could uh, smash that because it was a knife through butter. Uh, and certainly having as much dominance as we did, being able to play through them as we, easily as we did, we're not going to get that fortunate in, in most of our Premier League games. But what we might do is get this fortunate in Europe. Um, and European football might suit Arsenal this season. Yes, we're going to come up against some more um, rigid and industrious and meticulously defensive sides. Um, that's what we're going to go up against, obviously. But if we're in a if we're in the form that we are, like we did last night, we're going to rip teams apart. Absolutely destroy them um and i can't wait i personally cannot wait to see it right we're going to go to part two now and your questions and your thoughts on yesterday's game and anything that you've got to talk about maybe ahead of the north london derby uh right after this planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right then, uh, let's jump into the chat box very shortly. What I do want to do is I want to direct you to a, and it kind of follows on quite nicely um, from uh, from what I just spoke about with Peter Bosch, um, because I spoke to uh, PSV striker Luke de Jong after the game, and uh, I spoke to him and asked him about the approach uh, that kind of PSV took to this game, and specifically about kind of the way in which they were very open and they allowed Arsenal to uh, basically just dominate the game in general. And uh, you can now go and read the article that I've put up on the uh, the football.london website in which I have spoken to Luke de Jong. Uh, he talks about kind of the way in which they were kind of, they're always going to try and play their game against Arsenal. But one of the things that he did say, and one of the quotes that I just want to pick out from uh, speaking to him was Arsenal will probably be the first team in the group this season and we have to compete with the other teams for second spot. 
The idea that Arsenal have taken this game and utterly destroyed the confidence of any other side now in the group, it sets the tone for the, the group games. It sets the expectation amongst the other sides that we're going to have to try and pick up points against Sevilla and Lons and PSV because Arsenal are just not going to give us a sniff. You know, we are, if anything, going to rest players against Arsenal because the expectation is we're just not going to be able to get where we want to be with this side. So if you want to read that piece and get some of the quotes from my conversation with Luke De Jong, you can do that over on the football.london website. Uh, <laughs> it's just great to see kind of the confidence flowing um, throughout this, this Arsenal team, throughout the fan base as well. Um, <laughs> oh, dearie me. Anyway, let's, uh, let's jump into the chat box uh, and get some of your thoughts and feelings uh, ahead of what is obviously a massive, massive weekend um, for Arsenal. But it's going to be exciting to see, I'm sure, what you guys are saying. Right, let's go to... Let's scroll up in the chat a little bit, although I need to be conscious in case my microphone goes strange. I should have another engineer coming out today, hopefully, to fix the laptop. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, today, we're going to get this mic issue sorted. Uh, this is 1.3 thousand of you watching and not many likes so far. Come on, show your love for a 4-0 victory and... For the channel as well. Thank you, Aditya. Very much appreciate that. I hope you had a good birthday the other day, by the way. Um, but yes, there's over, there's only 1,400 of you watching. Make sure you smash that like button because that's the only way in which a like button can be interacted with, apparently, is by being smashed. So do smash that. Uh, let's go to Stilton Avenger. I mean, of all the Avengers, a Stilton Avenger is pretty darn good. Do love a bit of Stilton. Uh, I felt Smith Rowe and Reese were both too eager to do it all themselves and make a name for themselves, slash, make a statement. Will this be their downfall? I enjoyed Reese Nelson's performance in particular when he came off the bench. I thought he was technical. I thought he was strong. I thought he was direct. And there's an emphasis on those two to take their opportunities when they're on the field. I understand what you're saying about maybe trying too hard. Um, but I just think that there is something to be said about when players come on that have had very little minutes and very little opportunity, that they kind of have to do that. They have to be... They have to be... Um, direct they have to be impactful and i don't want to be too harsh and and not give them the 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 benefit of the doubt in those scenarios because i do think they have to play in that way personally i think that's the way in which they need to play so i wouldn't be too harsh on those displays rdl thank you so much for becoming a brand new member of the channel welcome to the tgt family if you become a tgt member expert member or ambassador, you can join our Discord server and come on to our preview shows. We'll be doing our North London Derby preview show tomorrow, so make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, Smith Rowe and Nelson ran into each other a few times. Do you think it gets ironed out with more minutes? Yeah, of course. That's, that is, without a doubt, just an unfamiliarity of positions and game time. That is all that that is. It's not an issue. It's also worth remembering that those two combined, which then led to the fourth goal. So it's not like they didn't have a positive influence um so yeah I, I think it's really important to remember that that they're still very uh it's still very early in, in this season's minutes for both of them they've been out of it uh for quite some time as well 
Uh, moving to Numanka says, true about Nelson and Smith-Rowe. They were getting each other's way. Nelson was bumbling the ball a lot. Hope it's from a lack of playing time. I think that it is. Anyway, let's let's get on to more positive things. Uh, let's go to... Scroll up in the little chat because otherwise I would have missed things. Ben says, hey, Tom, is Trossard, Jesus, Saka our best front three? I think that Martinelli, Jesus, Saka is our best front three, but it's, you know, it's not exactly far behind, if you like. It is not far behind whatsoever. Jimbo says, uh, call me delusion if you like, but I believe we could take Real Madrid on with this team. It was interesting watching Real Madrid last night. There was something of an inevitability you felt about that game, about the fact that, um, you know, about the idea that Real Madrid would eventually score in that game against Union Berlin, which is a shame because obviously we could do with Real Madrid struggling. That said, we probably want Real Madrid to win their group. Napoli are the other side that you'd expect to go through, but you probably want Real Madrid to top the group so we don't have to play them until at least the quarterfinals if we do indeed go up against them. But I think we can give any team in the competition a really, really good run uh, and a really, really positive um, kind of performance. I think we have got a chance in every single game we play. And as I've said before, I think only Real Madrid, Manchester City and Bayern Munich, they're the three teams I look at and go, if we do go out to those three teams, you know, I can kind of, in a way, accept it. I don't want to, but I can kind of accept that they are, at this stage, further along in terms of their stature as clubs in the current standing of European sides. And anybody else, if we were to get knocked out by, I would be very disappointed. Very, very disappointed indeed. Uh, Abdul says, Tom, Jesus has done more than enough to get his starting position back. I hope to see him start against Spurs. Also, every uh, penny spent on Rice has been worth it. The man does so much in every game. Love it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Every single thing that Kai Havertz, sorry, Kai Havertz, we'll, we'll come on to Kai Havertz in a little bit. Every single thing that, that Declan Rice has done so far has been absolutely brilliant. Um, and I can't, I can't speak more highly of somebody that creates such dominance in a team. Uh, Daniel says, uh, Bayern are not impressive. They're a bit scary in attack, but defensively, there are certainly question marks. Let's, let's not, you know, we're not going to beat around the bush here. There are certainly question marks in that, uh, in that defence of Bayern. So they can be got at. Hence why I think we can give any team a real good run. If, you know, you look at Union Berlin's game yesterday, yes, they were under a lot of pressure. Yes, they had to absorb a lot of shots, but there was opportunities for them as well. And, and Arsenal can certainly have opportunities against a side like Real Madrid as well. Uh, Yomi says, with Lord Rob Holding gone, who will be the fan scapegoat for this season? I need to start a fanboy agenda for somebody else. I think we all know who that person is, and that person is is Kai Havertz. I thought he was better last night. Um, didn't really do anything wrong. I wasn't enamoured by the first half in particular. I always felt like he was kind of out of the picture a lot of the first half. He was a lot better in the second half. Um, and I felt as though, you know, as soon as he missed that shot, when he had that right-footed shot that that went over, I was like, I guarantee you people don't give him the time of day on a weak-footed shot that went over in a position where he's lacking so much confidence. Yes, I'd like him to, to hit the target of his weaker foot, of course, but he is very left-footed. Um, that is Kai Havertz. And I guarantee you there will be comments talking about that that miss in really 
scrutinizing terms. I just need the guy to continue to do everything that he can to keep playing as well as he can. There was a lovely touch. It was a long ball over the top into the middle of the park. He spun, touched the ball uh, down and then got fouled. His his technical ability, you can just tell, is is so there. It's so there. I just need to unlock that confidence in him. Second half, I really enjoyed his performance. First half, I wanted more. I still felt like he was a bit of a passenger for some of it. But maybe I'm just not good enough at understanding football to, to see what he's doing enough. You know, I had to watch back the Crystal Palace game. I had to go through meticulously the footage of, of his contributions to see what he was doing. And, you know, a lot of the time I am heavily working during those games. So I can miss things, admittedly. And that's why I try and go back and watch all the games that we play to get a better understanding of, of what's, what he's done. But Havertz, I think his best position is still very much playing off of a striker, maybe even as a centre forward. I'm not sure about this left eight role for him. I'm still not sure about it. I'm not sure if it's the right position for him at all. Um, and I think that he's going to be a guy that helps us see out games. I think he's going to be a real good outlet for us, a target man when we need them. If we're kind of piling on the pressure in the last 10 minutes or so, I think he's going to be someone that's going to be a real asset for us. And we've asked for a plan B for a long time. It's a pretty expensive plan B, but it is something different. And and that is something I think Arsenal have lacked, is we've lacked that difference that, that Kai Havertz brings. So let's let's wait and see uh, what happens. He also hit a P-roll a late on, says Nathan. Uh, he had a good effort deflected out for a corner. I wouldn't call it a P-roller unless you're thinking of something else. Uh, Ray Beam says, Tom, do you think Spurs will play with their high line against us after seeing last night's pummeling? And this is a good point and certainly something that I've talked about and something I've listened to as well because regarding um, the way in which Tottenham play, they are very attacking. They are very offensive. They aren't that great in the same way defensively, and they can concede goals. You look at the Brentford game. The Brentford game is a really good example, I think, of what this um, this Spurs team is. And for me, I think Arsenal can win this game comfortably. Touch wood. But I think they can. I think they are better than Spurs. I think if you look at the games in which Spurs have played, and Elliot talked about this, they played a pretty terrible Man United team and arguably were fortunate to win that game. They should have had a penalty Man United and they should have taken the chances that they created in that game. They've played Burnley, who are bad. They've played Sheffield United and struggled at home. And they drew at home against Brentford. Uh, drew away, sorry, against Brentford in a game in which Brentford, again, I think showed the weaknesses in the Ange Postacoglu side. And I hope that they come to Arsenal trying to play Ange ball. Because there will be spaces, there will be opportunities. And I look forward to seeing that game. I can't wait for it. I'm nervous for it. I always dread it in some ways, but I'm really excited after what we just did last night and how we put PSV away. I'm really excited to see what ultimately we can achieve as well. So yeah, let's let's wait and see what ends up happening. Uh let's go to um boom, 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 boom. Uh, Brentford should have won if not for Embremo's tap-in miss. Absolutely. Uh, Rob says, Raya and Havertz to always be played together. Long ball versus big man. Uh, I think that maybe there's something to be said about that. Raya's long passes are known to be very accurate. He's known for his long passing. So potentially Havertz becomes a target for Raya in those types of games. I'll be very interested to see if Havertz starts against Spurs. I'm not sure that I would start Havertz against Spurs. I think I'd rather start Vieira. Uh, I liked his display against Everton. I think we need someone a little bit more dynamic in the midfield against Spurs. 
But let's wait and see. Let's see who starts that game against Spurs. Very interesting to see what happens at the weekend. Uh, Fuad says, Tom, if Raya ends up playing both the league and Champions League, how do you see this panning out with Ramsdale with the Euros coming up next summer? Look, Ramsdale's not going to be happy. Um, he's not going to be enjoying this. He is going to be very, very frustrated. I'm going to be very honest. He struck a very frustrated figure leaving the stadium. Um, he struck a frustrated figure entering the stadium uh, as he came in and towards the back of the Arsenal squad. You can't help but feel for the guy. You really can't help but feel for him because he's part of the reason Arsenal are in the champ. He's a big part of the reason Arsenal are in the Champions League this season. Was it harsh to drop him for this one? If Raya starts the, the, the North London derby, and I expect him to start the North London derby, I, I, I was speaking to Harry Simu and Andy Brassel before the game, and I said, if Raya starts, it almost creates a talking point unnecessarily, and that if indeed Arteta rates Ramsdale as highly as he does, and as we, the most of us anyway, rate Ramsdale, then he should start tonight. He should start. And I want I wanted Ramsdale to start against PSV. I, I, I think that, weirdly, even though it's arguably the, the decision to play who looks to be a slightly better goalkeeper than Ramsdale, I felt that it was, in some ways, the wrong decision. I don't know if that's the right way to look at it, but if I am being critical, I, f I think that it is, it was, maybe, even though he kept a clean sheet, Raya was, was comfortable and collective in what he did. It's weird to kind of say it, but I felt like it was the wrong choice to play Raya tonight. I think that it, and maybe I'm underestimating Ray, uh, Ramsdale's um, maturity. Maybe I'm underrating his understanding. But I'm just trying, I'm putting myself in his shoes. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the same person. But if it was me and I'd been a really key part of getting Arsenal to the Champions League and I've waited a long time to be a goalkeeper that gets an opportunity in the Champions League, um, yeah, I would be gutted that I didn't play. Um, yeah, I obviously, I asked, um, I asked Arteta what the difference is between Ramsdale and Raya, and he wasn't keen to ask and answer the question. Um, I, it was a, it was a more detailed question than, than I put it there, but uh, it's, yeah, it's real tough. It's real tough, this situation, because I like Ramsdale a lot, but Arsenal is bigger than any player and you've got to put the team first. I just felt in last night's game that I I would have started Ramsdale and I wouldn't have created more of a talking point. I wouldn't have drawn more attention to that situation than needed. <sighs> yeah, tough one. Let me know in the comment section what you think. Um, let me know what your thoughts are on that. But I think it's real tough. I'll be very honest. I'll put myself out there and say I think it was the wrong choice to start Raya. Not because Raya isn't good. Not because Raya wasn't going to have a very good performance, but just because I think it creates even more of a discussion and maybe has more of a negative impact on Ramsdale than, say, dropping Raya for this game does. Um, but maybe I'm being too sensitive about it. Maybe I am. We'll see. I spotted a certain DG in the chat box. I think that I have. Uh, Deluded Guna, make sure you're checking out his channel. He's absolutely fantastic. Prolific with his content creation. 
some amazing videos over on DG's channel. So make sure that you go give it a listen and subscribe. Uh, realistically, Lewis says, I think Ramsdale starts the derby. And that's why Raya is in the Champions League. I'll be shocked if Ramsdale starts on Sunday. I'll be completely honest. I will be shocked if Raya isn't starting in the game at the weekend. And I would start Raya at the weekend. I'd start right. I think it's I I I think starting Raya was was the right choice this weekend because I think you play your best player in this game and ever so slightly. Raya is better goalkeeper than Ramsdale right now in my mind from what I see of both of them. I saw, I think, suggestions that maybe Ramsdale's not the best start to the season and maybe that's why they've thrown in Raya. But yeah, yeah, I, I, people like I saw this comment here. Raya needs a run of games and Arsenal will be better for it. I don't think Ramsdale starting last night and Raya starting both Premier League games in the space of a week is denying him a run of games especially because Ramsdale is going to play the Carabao Cup game. So, yeah, Controversy Media says you weren't complaining when Leno was dropped for Ramsdale. That's because the gap between Leno and Ramsdale was significant. Like, it's very different. The idea of con comparing Leno and Ramsdale and Ramsdale and Raya and thinking that is a tangible uh, contradiction doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Leno's Leno's distribution compared to Ramsdale's is like night and day. And Ramsdale was far more the goalkeeper that I wanted to see play for Arsenal. And it's also worth bearing in mind that this wasn't a Champions League game. Uh, Ramsdale came in for that game against Norwich after Leno had conceded like a silly, I think it was nine goals in three games, five against City, two against Chelsea, two against Brentford. So I, I don't think uh, that's a fair comment. Uh, at all because it doesn't make any sense for starters. Uh, Porky Porks says we've been bought <clears throat> we've been bought into this concept of loyalty to our players because we haven't had the options for years. We play our best team in the Champions League, don't we? Raya is 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 just the better option. And look, I absolutely agree with this. This is a thing. I'm so conflicted. I I'm not kind of I feel reluctant to stand on one side of the coin than the other. I think that like my feeling is that that I would have started Ramsdale last night just because it would have created less of less drama and less talking points and brought less attention. But if they don't care about that, that fair enough. Fair play to them if they don't care about it. You know, I just feel like I would have played Ramsdale last night, but I'm it's not something I'm gonna pillage, you know, Arteta for for doing. It's just a it's just a discussion point. It's just a comment. I just, you know, if it was me, I would have started Ramsdale, but I'm not I'm not wildly concerned. What I would say is that what I would say is that I think that if Raya if Raya doesn't start the North London derby at that point I'm going to throw my arms up in the air and be like I have no idea what's going on <laughs> like and and maybe that's what Arteta wants he wants unpredictability he wants um he wants kind of this idea that we don't know what's going to happen we don't know who's going to play so yeah um Let's let's wait and see. Anna says, "Why is the English media acting like dropping Ramsdale is a sin? He's not. Uh, he's not what? He's not God. The better player plays. Uh, he's not God. I don't think anyone's calling him God, Anderson. <laughs> I think that's a bit hyperbolic, to be honest." Uh, Easy says, "Decision making is a key factor for success. Dropping Ramsdale for Raya is a tough decision, but the right one." Uh, Uma Rave says, I just do not think Ramsdale's the reason we dropped points or concede goals. Do you think Ramsdale's distribution disrupts our passages of play or style of play? No, I don't. I, look, last season, Ramsdale was a big part of why we competed for the title. His saves at Anfield, some of the saves throughout the season, his distribution throughout the season. 
Jamie Carragher went on record last night and said that Arsenal wouldn't win a league under Aaron Ramsdale. Well, I guarantee you, if Saliba and Tomiyasu did not get injured last season, Arsenal would have won the league and Ramsdale would have been the goalkeeper. Ramsdale is nothing to do with why we didn't win the league last season. For me, it's all on the injuries that we had in defence. And sadly, you know, I don't look at mistakes. Like, yes, the Southampton game, we look at and go, well, you know, we've made that mistake in that game. And all of the eyes are on Ramsdale for that mistake. But look, there is a, there's other mistakes in that Southampton draw. And we still should have won that game. I don't look at Ramsdale and think he's the reason why we didn't win the league. I just I just can't look at Ramsdale and think he's the reason we didn't win the league. Um, so, yeah. Nathan says, distribution aside, I'd say Ramsdale is better. I, look, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a real debate there. I think for me, slight, I think Raya is the better, better um, goalkeeper, slightly. I don't think it's a big chasm. I don't think it's a big difference. Um, and I like ruthlessness. You know, I, I, I want to... <laughs> it's weird. I feel almost hypocritical to say that I want Arteta to be ruthless. I want him to be cold. But then say, I think that choosing Raya was the wrong choice. Um, but what do I know? You know, at the end of the day, it's just opinions. It's all that it is. It's just opinions. Uh, Arthur says, I don't think it affects the team that much in the games uh, like that against PSV. Taking Gabriel out had a massive tactical effect. Not the same for goalkeepers. And what's fun, right? What's really interesting is, right? And I talked about this at the start of the season. And you remember the show I did after Fulham, where we looked statistically at how Arsenal were playing with Partey in this hybrid right back role compared to how we played last season. And individually, Partey was better in a ridiculous number of areas. Like, we were just better um, with Partey uh, in that position. And Arsenal's metrics were better as well. So I just think that there is something to be said about the idea that, well, hold on, let me get the stats out. I've got them here. So in terms of Partey's uh, performance last season compared to when we had that little run of him at the start of the season playing in that role and, you know, tactically that apparently affected us badly, his passing was better and more accurate. His passing to the final third were more frequent and more accurate. His passing to the box were more frequent and more accurate. His forward to backward pass ratio was still very good. His received passes was greater. His defensive duels was more frequent and more successful. His losses in his own half were less frequent and the amount that he lost in... Uh, sorry, his losses were uh, less frequent and the percentage of those in his own half was less. The recoveries were better in terms of their frequency, and his dribbles and successive with those dribbles were better. And not only that, but Arsenal as a whole in the first three games of the season had a better XG per 90, had more possession in games, had more passes that were more accurate, had more shots on goal with more on target, had more attacks frequency, which led to shots, and we had more, uh, we had a better pressing statistic. There were less passes played by the opposition in their own defensive third in that system. And so, like, we look at the we look at the, the the Gabriel being taken out and that having an effect on us at the start of the season. But actually, Arsenal were playing statistically better. We just weren't taking the chances that we were creating. We weren't scoring enough. And now we've gone back to the system where White's at right back and Gabriel's coming. I think there are certain games. I think we would have changed things up for certain fixtures. Gabriel was brilliant against United. Gabriel was brilliant against Everton. And Gabriel is a brilliant, brilliant player. And it was just kind of, we were struggling at the beginning of that, if you like, because we weren't able to click and we were trying to think. So yes, Anderson, you might say we were horrible to watch. I don't agree. I don't think we were horrible to watch at all. I think there wasn't as a successful 
kind of rhythm to what we saw throughout the course of last season. And that's because we were just starting to play this different kind of style. You know, we were just trying new things out. And, and I just think that there's something to be said regarding that element of, um, you know, the element of, of what we come to expect. Anyway, I'm going to wrap the show up there. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Really appreciate your time. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Have a fantastic day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.